Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Hadass Kuznets with Jason Chikonsky. He's the chef owner of Ella at 627 South 3rd Street. And happy Thanksgiving. We're talking about cooking your turkey with celebrity chef. Jason was on the 11th season of Top Chef back in 2013. He opened a couple restaurants and closed a couple restaurants. Or Okay, he opened one, <laughs> closed one. But Ella still remains in Philly. And we haven't heard from you in a little while. So why don't you just update us, first of all, on what's going on with you? Uh, I've kind of recondensed what I was doing. I was doing a lot of consulting and some private stuff and uh, got rid of some other spaces, been focusing on Ella and kind of what I'm working on next. And I opened a pasta shop in Denver about six months ago called Little Noodle. And we're currently seeking a location in Philadelphia. We have a few spots. We're just kind of deciding between the two leases and we should be getting that running soon. So pretty soon, watch out for the pasta Little place Noodle. Yeah, it's fre- fresh pasta, both quick service style and available by the pound, kind of take home, bunch of recipes, maybe cheeses. And it's in a marketplace very similar to a De Bruno's out in Denver. What brought you to Denver? Uh, one of my very good friends I cooked with at La Croix moved out there, and I've been traveling back and forth quite a bit to visit him. Uh, he got in the food sales, and an opportunity arose, and we took it. Do you still keep in touch with anybody from Top Chef? Uh, Nick and I are still pretty close. I actually spoke with him this morning. My wife is his real estate agent uh, <laughs> and his restaurant is a block away from my apartment. So I frequent there for cocktails quite a bit. So I get to see him and his team, which is awesome. Uh, Travis, I still talk to. I love him. Brian is great. I don't think I talk to as many people as I would like to, but I made a lot of really great friends on that show. Uh, and what can you tell us about what happens behind the, behind the scenes? Behind the scenes? I know this is not what this podcast is about. <laughs> I thought we were talking curious. turkey. I know, I know. We just have to get through all the celebrity stuff. I'm just <laughs> curious. Uh, what do we not see as as uh, viewers? And we'll a get showering right mostly. It's... They say, like, cook it again. I didn't get yeah, that. Yeah, you don't see us getting in and out of the car a lot of times and running up to the grocery store 400 times so they can get the shot from all angles and all the lead up. But really the cooking is the cooking and editing is a, a pretty magical thing. The producers but, loved you. The judges, not so much. Yeah, judges, not so much. <laughs> I could I could talk about that for quite some time, but Philly I'm going I'm to leave it positive. And uh, at the end of the day, it was a hell of a learning experience. And again, I walked away with, you know, Nick and I became really close going through that. They take away your phone, your ID, your credit cards. Like you're in complete isolation. And it's, it's very surreal, especially in today's society when you're used to having the world at your fingertips, essentially on your cell phone. So to kind of be secluded in your little bubble you become really close with the people you're with so you can't look anything up it just has to be from your skills oh yeah and no yeah they don't want you to contact anybody or leak anything or have an opportunity to to cheat so to speak so that's kind of crazy all right well, i have to say i ate at ella when you first opened like i can't believe it's been six years i know six years our six year anniversary just passed congratulations thank you so much and it was really good so i'm so happy to have oh, thank you thank you 
Um, all right. So Thanksgiving, everybody wants to know about the turkey. The turkey is probably one of the most difficult things to cook because people only cook it maybe once a year if they are hosting Thanksgiving. And if you're not, you might never cook a turkey Turkey or every couple of years. So you can't just cook it like right away, right? Uh, or can you? If it's fresh, I mean, you could. If it's fresh. I, I'd say frozen. brining it is probably one of the best ways, whether it's fresh or frozen. I like to brine my bird. So... All right, so what what are the steps? You have a frozen turkey, or, I mean, do pe- or, or fresh turkey, but a lot of people get them from the supermarket. Frozen. Yeah, so frozen turkey. Uh, step one, take it out of the plastic. I think that's pretty important. Uh, step two, you're gonna actually step one is to thaw it most of the way. So maybe leave it in the fridge or under cold running water for. It'll probably take longer than you think. I would say give it at least 12 hours to thaw. Turkeys, I mean, it's a lot of meat and there's a lot of water in them. So it takes a long time. So give it 12 to a full 24 hours to thaw out. And part of that thawing process, you can put it in a brine, which we take salt, sugar, water, whatever spices you want. We use thyme, rosemary, sage, garlic, peppercorns, like pretty traditional stuff. I like to brine it for at least... 24 hours, but up to 48. So you're basically putting it in a container with this. With Yeah, you want to submerge it completely. Yeah. So like Take a out any pot. giblets or whatever inside the turkey and yeah, put it in a pot. I think you can get one of those big five-gallon orange buckets from Home Depot for like five bucks. Like those work really well. You just need a place to keep it cold. So if the temperature stays like in the low 40s, put you could outside. even keep it out back. If not, try to clear some space in your fridge. People don't think about using outdoors as a refrigerator. Yeah, it's cold out. It's a heck of a meat locker. It's kind of it's what they used to do. So plus you're preserving it in salt, so it kind of helps stave off any like bacteria or anything as well. So what does the brine do? So the brine, it just helps you season the meat all the way through instead of just throwing salt on the top. It helps get both seasoning and moisture. It's actually, if we want to get like scientific through osmosis, water comes out and goes back in through like the porous muscle. And essentially you're getting that seasoning and additional moisture all the way through the bird. So you got like 12 hours before you even Yeah, so you're going to get a good extra moisture and like that's how you get like a really juicy turkey. No drying out. All right, one more time. Give us your brine recipe. Brine recipe, there's a percentage you're going to want to do. For a gallon of water, you probably want to do four ounces of sugar, six ounces of salt around that, and uh, maybe four or five sprigs of thyme, a couple sprigs of rosemary, quarter cup of black peppercorns, a little bit of coriander, crack some cloves of garlic, and you want to bring all that up to a boil and then chill it back down, and then once it's cold, pour it over the turkey. Why do you have to bring to a boil and then chill it down? So that all the, you want to cook it a little bit so that all the sugar and salt, one, dissolve completely, and two, so that the herbs and spices have a chance to like really absorb into that liquid. You want them to warm up and kind of really flavor the brine. Sounds like this is one of the most important parts. This to me is probably the most important part. Is the brining process? The The brining and then obviously the the cooking, yeah, or the, the browning. The big debate, do you cook your turkey whole or do you cut it down? I personally almost always cut it down. What so are the I cook the cons? breasts separately from the thigh because they cook at different temperatures. You want them to cook to a different internal temperature. I would say a breast perfectly cooked is around 147 to 150 degrees. And thighs, you really want to hit that 165, which I guess is probably the recommended USDA. They want you to hit 165 because... 
that's one part of the bird that needs to really hit that with the bone. But then the breast dries out completely and it doesn't need to cook as much and there's no, it's so much leaner and there's no connective tissue and not as much fat and no bone. So I like cooking my breast and my thighs separately to two different temperatures, but you can still cook a whole turkey and end up with a a good flavorful. The brine definitely helps you kind of troubleshoot that a little bit. If when you see the Instagram pictures of the giant turkey, do you think, oh, it looks good, but I bet it would be better cut? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So when we serve them at Ella for Thanksgiving, when we do our big Thanksgiving meals, people come pick them up on Wednesday, the day before, and we give a whole list of instructions of how to cook it. We actually debone the turkey, brine and roast the breast, and then stuff the thigh with all the little bits of meat that are kind of found on the back and little corners and crevices of the turkey, we grind that all up and stuff it back into the thigh, turn it into a a sausage essentially, and then roll it and poach the thigh and then roast that as well. So we always do it separate. So you, people are, when they buy Thanksgiving from you guys at Ella, they're 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 bringing home turkey pieces. Yeah, they're bringing home a turkey, I mean, a turkey breast is still a pretty impressive thing to look at on a plate. These things are easily six pounds a piece. And then the thigh after it's stuffed is probably another two and a half pounds. So you're looking at at least eight pounds. So we average, we say it's good for five to seven people. When you're picking out your turkey, you probably want to do about a pound per person. And you're not going to yield a pound per person because of bone weight and all that. But we give almost three quarters of a pound to a pound per person for those packages. So if you have 10 people, you want a 10 pound turkey. If you have 10, yes. And it'll it'll shrink. And if if you want some leftovers, I'll go a little. Well, a ten pound turkey has probably bits of ice inside of it. It has bone weight, which is probably going to account for I don't know fifteen percent of that weight is just in bones, which is great. Another advantage, by the way, of doing your breasts and your thighs separate is now you have the bones easily accessible that you can chop up and make stock to make even better gravy, which is another reason we do it that way. Awesome. So. So take out the bones and you can use it for something else. Yeah, you want to take all the bones and roast them up, make a stock out of that. Take all the little scraps, the wings, chop them up, brown them in a pan. Onions, carrots, celery, white wine, all those same aromatics from the brine, the garlic, peppercorn, sage, rosemary. Cover it in water and just let it cook and then use that as your gravy base. That's the best gravy you're ever going to have. Really? Absolutely. How long do you have to cook that? Uh, I would do the stock for Anywhere from four to six hours, which you can do the day before easily. And then to turn it in the gravy, you know what a roux is? So you essentially... French. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is French. You take flour and butter in equal parts and cook it out slowly in a pan until it starts to almost resemble wet sand. And you use that to thicken that turkey stock. And that's how you get like the thick... Gravy. Yeah. Great that, oh, gravy. you put a roux in the gravy. I, I haven't exactly. heard that. Awesome. Okay, so how do you how long do you have to cook your turkey? It's based on weight. Based on I so it is based on weight. I go really more based on internal temperature. So a thermometer, don't use the little red thing that pops up. I didn't even know what that was until someone mentioned that to me a couple of weeks ago and I was like, "What are you talking about?" Just being in a kitchen, I've always had thermometers. So a meat thermometer. A meat thermometer. Internal temperature for breast, you want it to be around 147. You probably want to pull it out when it's 142 and let it kind of carry up to 147 to 150. And the thigh, you would probably want that 
closer to 165. So you pull it out around 160, it'll carry up. But on average, if you're roasting the whole turkey at 350 degrees in a standard oven, I would say probably 10 to 12 minutes per pound on average. 10 to 12 minutes per pound. So not that much then. Yeah, it's not uh, for a 10 pound. I mean, a 10 pound turkey is like... Yeah, it's like a really big chicken. What do we, most people do, like 20, 25? Yeah, most turkeys, i say, were probably in the 18-pound So it's a couple range. of hours. Yeah, you're looking at two, two and a half hours. If you brine it first, I would definitely recommend leaving it covered for the majority of that time and then taking the cover off in maybe the last 45 minutes or so because the sugar in the brine will start to caramelize and it'll burn. eventually burn. Yeah, so if you don't brine your turkey... You actually probably end up with a nicer looking crust, but it doesn't taste as good. So what's the point? You can still get it super, or you just deep fry the whole thing, which is that's another a whole. Oh, we could be talking for hours here. Some people like to do that. The deep fried turkey is great, but you have to be very careful. And there are you a need lot some of, special equipment. And there are a lot of injuries. All right, give us a quick rundown on deep frying <laughs> the turkey. I know some people are really into it, but you can get injured, right? Yeah, essentially. I mean, it's a deep fryer. It's very hot oil. It's and you put it in frozen, right? No. Oh, I've never put them in frozen. Maybe. I've, I don't know. I've heard that, but maybe I'm wrong. You could. I, I'm not the cook. I'm not the chef. I see. I, I learn new things about cooking every day. There could be a method that I don't know. I'm just, not the chef. Just because I haven't done it doesn't mean it's not a thing. Uh, but I've heard if you if you put it in frozen, it, it could explode. Like it could be really like. Well, I mean, if you put water in hot oil, it's going to bubble up and crackle and go crazy. So when you have a frozen turkey, it's holding on to a substantial amount of moisture. Like if you set a frozen turkey on the counter, you're going to end up with a puddle. So think about all that water going into a pot of hot oil. So don't do it that I, way. I personally wouldn't, no. I am not condoning anyone's or condemning anyone's deep frying turkey situation. You have to like do it outside <laughs> and like it has to be a special equipment outside with the big fryer. I think or they sell a, almost a propane burner that you can put a big pot on i have a buddy who's doing it this year i should pay more attention my cousin did it the other year i've never actually done it myself but it's a little scary because it's pretty dangerous i've eaten them they're great yeah yeah. like it's like (laughs) fried chicken right yeah it's amazing all right what do you what do you cook it on you do you do like uh those some sort of roasting rack you You want to elevate it you don't want it to be directly on a pan you definitely want to have air circulation above and below so some sort of rack um, so how do you do that? Like I've seen people um, buy those tin pans because they don't want to clean up afterwards, or are they just putting it on the tin pan after they cook it? Like what are you cooking? They could it on? be doing it just right on the tin pan. Uh, if you're going to do it on a tin pan, I would say maybe cut up a layer of carrots, onion, celery, like some vegetables, and then put the turkey on that so the turkey's not in direct contact with the metal because turkey on metal is going to end up in either burnt, like dried out. It's just going to kind of have uneven cooking. Air circulation all the way around is the best. I would say rack is the best. Second best is on a bed of some sort of vegetables and cut up lemons, something along those lines that are going to add flavor. Plus, then you can use all those vegetables back in your gravy or put it in your stuffing. But I I would recommend the rack. What's the number one mistake people make when cooking the turkey? Number one mistake, overcooking, hands down. People overcook them. They think they need to go and cook it to 165 and they're like, oh, I'm not sure if it's done. So I'm going to cook it to 170 and then they take it out of the oven and it goes up to 175 and you're eating chalk. Oh. Yeah. So you have to keep checking it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really the key? If you do the estimated time per pound, I would say within 35 to 40 minutes before that time, 
is a good time to check it and it'll kind of give you a pretty good idea of where you're at and then let it go another 10, 15 minutes or the full half hour or maybe it's ready to come out already. Everyone's ovens are a little bit different too. It depends if you have convection, gas, electric, older, newer, just how strong it is. So once you turn it off, it's still going to keep cooking if you're leaving it in the yeah, oven. If it, even if you take the turkey out, it carries up a few degrees. It continues to cook. So the temperature from the center, because the outside is still warming it all the way through. So probably, especially for a bird in the 18 pound range, for another, I wouldn't even touch it for 20 to 30 minutes because it's going to continue to to cook and probably go up another five degrees. What is the number one thing you can't cook turkey without? Number one thing I can't cook a turkey without, I love sage with turkey. I love sage in my gravy. I love sage in my mashed potatoes. I love I love sage. So I would say sage, sage. What's, what's your favorite <laughs> Thanksgiving side? So my, my favorite isn't really, I don't think it's a traditional one, but there's a cauliflower that my bopshi makes and now my dad has learned how to make it, and I think it's fantastic. It's it's basically cauliflower and packed with butter and breadcrumbs and salt and baked, and it's literally my favorite thing in the world. All right, people are listening, and they're cooking in their kitchens right now, so can you tell us the recipe, or will you have to kill me? Uh, I haven't learned how to make it personally, but I know it's a ton of butter mixed in with breadcrumbs, packed on top of cauliflower florets, and probably baked in a 350-degree oven for 40-ish minutes till the cauliflower is tender and the breadcrumbs absorb all that buttering. It's super crunchy and good somewhere in that, that range-ish. Really Vegetable, butter, breadcrumbs. Yeah, awesome. That sounds great. What's not to like? <laughs> What's the, the main attraction of Thanksgiving for you? Is it the turkey? No, turkey is probably... We were just having this conversation at the restaurant before I left. As I was stuffing my face with mashed potatoes, stuffing gravy, Brussels sprouts, <laughs> candied sweet potatoes. Uh, I, I love all the sides. I love all the different vegetables and stuff. Bacon and Brussels sprouts are one of my favorites. Stuffing is amazing and you never eat stuffing. I feel like almost any other time throughout the course of the year, like you only eat stuffing just like turkey around Thanksgiving and it's so good. How, how, uh, how do you make a good stuffing? Because some people don't make it right and then it's just like soggy bread. Uh, I would say toast the bread, dice and toast bread first. Make sure it's like pretty dry and crunchy. Uh, and then I like to Do sweat you like out. dice it and stick it in the oven to toast it? Uh, I, would you- I dice it and yeah, I actually dry it out overnight. Uh-huh. And then if it's not crunchy all the way through, I'll throw it in a low oven just for 10, 15 minutes just so it's like nice and crunchy. And then I sweat out in butter, carrots, onion, celery, diced really small. A ton of all those herbs again, the poultry herbs, the thyme, the rosemary, sage, maybe a little bit of garlic, uh, sometimes bacon, sometimes chestnuts, depending on what I'm doing. The Italian sausage would be great. Then I toss the bread in those vegetables and just pour a little bit of stock over, just enough that it completely absorbs and it does actually start to get kind of mushy. But then after it gets mushy, you need to bake it again. You need to cook it back in the oven, throw it in for at 350 for another, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes to re-get that crust. You need to kind of like break it down and build it back up again. That sounds awesome. That's I, I just ate a pint of it at the restaurant. So <laughs> I think it's great. Um, so how much time do you need? So uh, if people are listening to this on the day before Thanksgiving, how much time? Like you better have. If you were listening to this the day before Thanksgiving, you haven't started. You're going to be up all night. Have fun. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you better have defrosted it. Yes. Right? It's going to be a long night. Um, well, for some people, it is a long night and they do cook all night. I mean, I've been cooking for the past two days nonstop. I thought I was going to have all my prep done. Isn't that the way it goes all the time? 
Yeah, I thought it was going to be quick and easy, and it never is. It always takes longer than you think. Always plan a little bit ahead for sure. You need the if whole you day. can. You need the yeah. whole day on Wednesday to prep. Well, I mean, you're and you're cooking. So wait, on Thursday, you ha- your turkey has to be ready to go in the oven in the morning, right? Yeah. So I would say, I mean, if you're Early. if you already did all the brining, you already thawed your turkey out, or if you're not brining it, but your turkey's nice and thawed, about three hours before you're ready to serve it, it can go in the oven. So you you have a Decent wiggle room. I would. I like to make my gravy from the juices from the bird. So either you got to make a really fast gravy or make it a little bit in advance. So when do you? At what point do you cut it? You brine it for the twelve hours, and then you cut it, and then you cook it. When I do the separated breasts yeah. and thighs, I actually will thaw it out, and then, or if it's fresh, not thaw it out, cut it, brine it, you and you can brine first. them at the same time. But yeah, I brine. You cut it, then brine it. You cut it, and then you. How do you? You'll need a lot less brine that way because now you're working with smaller pieces. Because they're a little more manageable. It doesn't have that big hollow carcass. You just thaw it first. Oh obviously, yeah, yeah, you definitely. You, you like don't that. want to cut a frozen bird. That's no, that's dangerous. Your knife gets stuck. So yeah, it's got to be soft. Yes. So I thought you said that you are brining it and thawing it at the same time. Well, if you're going for whole roasted, if you're roasting the whole thing, then mm-hmm. so there's so many different things. It's like. My head is spinning. I think a lot uh, of people are thinking the same thing. This is, I mean, look, this is the there's, Super Bowl. There's a hundred different ways to attack to tackle this. So if you, because you want your brine cold, if your turkey's still half frozen, you can kind of thaw it while it's in the brine, and it'll do that job for you. But then you're typically roasting it whole. You could butcher it after you brine it and then cook it. That's fine too. It just takes up more space. If you have a fresh bird, I would butcher it first, then brine it. That way, your bones and everything don't soak in the salt solution and it's a little bit better for the gravy in my opinion so if you haven't done anything on the day before thanksgiving then you just go and you want to buy fresh yes that's that that will save a lot of time yes okay what do we need to know about about butchering can you have somebody else butcher it for you like do or do people know i mean look butchering is hard butchering is like an art in itself yeah so help us out here what do we need to know about butchering your bird (sighs) you can have somebody like can you can you say just cut the bird (laughs) yeah Uh, I'm sure there's at the grocery store, you can probably have them cut the bird. YouTube, I feel like this is a difficult thing to describe without visual. I can kind of show you. How different you is it take... <laughs> from cutting a chicken? It's exactly the same. But bigger. Exactly. Yes. It's just a much larger chicken. You just want, but you, then you want to cut those pieces smaller, right? Later. You do that later? Of the turkey? Yeah. Not until you, no, you leave it. As whole as possible until you're ready to serve. Okay. And then you slice it to keep all the moisture intact. And butchering is a real, it's a real art. Yeah, butchering is a whole other, I think we need a, a video attachment for that one. I would recommend learning how to butcher. I think it's a worthwhile skill. So what do you, Watch what do you the do? YouTube I'm, videos, I'm practice curious. on a chicken ahead of time. <laughs> practice on a chicken ahead of time, that's a good point. Yeah. What do you do at the restaurant? Because I know that you're cooking how many meals? To, uh, are I think it's up? 30, 30 packages. So for different families, for anything from like, or friends for five to seven people up to, I think they're our largest one for this holiday is 16 people. So you're cutting all those birds. That's like. You're going through. You're butchering everything. 80 people. Yeah. We got in fresh turkeys and we butchered them all, brined them all. The thighs are stuffed and roasted already. The breasts are finishing cooking right now. Gravy's done. It seems like a lot we of made space. Six gallons of gravy <laughs> for this. Wow. Yeah, uh, 85 pounds of mashed potatoes, 70 pounds of Brussels sprouts. I don't even know how many gnocchi we made. 
It's like crazy. How do you? I mean, you have obviously. You have I have a, two walk-ins. So you have I'm, a restaurant kitchen. Yeah, I have. I have a lot of space. Is it enough though? Ah, uh, you make it enough. <laughs> you make it work. Do you have any tips and tricks for people cooking at home when they? Because everybody runs out of space. There's not enough counter space, or not. There's not enough oven space. It's just being organized, cleaning as you go. I think you find a lot of your space ends up getting taken up by dirty utensils, dirty bowls, like just your mess and your trash on the countertop. If you take a second to clean up, wipe, condense, put stuff away as you're cooking and like reorganize yourself every 15, 20 minutes, it becomes a little bit more manageable. Awesome. What What are you most looking forward to with Thanksgiving? I don't get to see my family too often. I'm, I work a lot, so it'll be good to, I got married last year, so I get to go see my wife's family. Uh, we get to find out what my, is a nephew-in-law a thing? Is that a thing? My my brother-in-law is yeah. having a kid, so we're going to find out the sex of the baby on Thanksgiving. So I'm excited to do that with them. I'm excited to see my bopshi, who I don't get to see that often. The rest of my family, my dad, hang out with my wife for a full day without going to work. So it, awesome. it's really more about the the hanging out with the family than it is anything else. The people. The most important thing for you is the people. A hundred percent. Life of a chef, because holidays you don't generally. Yeah, and I don't lift a finger. I don't cook at home. I bring. They told me to bring wine, cocktails. That's I bring. It. I bring booze. They don't. They don't, they don't put ask me. You to not at all. Cook. They don't put me to work. That's a good family. Nope. And even when I show up and try to, they just sit me down and put a drink in my hand. My family's great. That's great. Oh yeah, they're amazing. They're not making you work on your day off. <laughs> not at all. Nice. Well, congratulations on your marriage. Oh, thank you so much. And when will Ella be open again? Because you're closed on Thanksgiving. We're closed on Thanksgiving. We're right back at it on Friday. Quick. Oh yeah. A quick day. One off. day. And you're yeah. back. Now, uh, is Ella six days or seven days? Seven days. Open seven days a week. Seven days for dinner and Sunday brunch. All right. Ella is at 627 South 3rd Street. And keep your eye out for Little Noodle Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Coming when? Uh, hopefully soon. <laughs> I, I don't have an exact time, but uh, I would say springish. All right. Jason Chikonsky, thank you so much. Hadass, it was so good to see you. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. You too. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.